ಪಾರ್ಥಯ ಪ್ರತಿಬೋಧಿ ಭಗವತ ನಾರಾಯಣ ಸ್ವಯಂ ವ್ಯಾಸೇನ ಗ್ರಥಿತುರಾಣಮುನಿ ಮಧ್ಯೆ ಮಹಾಭಾರತ ಅದ್ವೈತಮೃತವರ್ಷಿಣೀ ಭಗವತಿ ಅಷ್ಟಾಧ್ಯಾಮನುಸಂದಿ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತೆಷಿಣೀ ಯಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವರುಣೇಂದ್ರರುದ್ರಮರು ಸ್ತುನ್ವಂತಿ ದಿವ್ಯೈಸ್ತವೈ ವೇದೈಸ್ಸಾಂಗಪದಕ್ರಮೋಪನಿಷದೈ ಗಾಯಂತಿಸ್ಥಿತೇನ ಮನಸ ಪಶ್ಯಂತಿ ಯೋಗಿನ ಯಾಂತನ್ನ ವಿರುಸುರಸುರಗಣ ದೇವಾಯ ತಸ್ಮೈ ನಮಃ ತ್ರೈಗುಣ್ಯ ವಿಷಯಾವೇದಾ ನಿಸ್ತ್ರೈಗುಣ್ಯೋ ಭವಾರ್ಜುನ ನಿರ್ದ್ವಂದ್ವೋ ನಿತ್ಯಸತ್ವಸ್ಥ ನಿರ್ಯೋಗಕ್ಷೇಮ ಆತ್ವಾನ್ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹಿಯರ್ ಅಡ್ವೈಸ್ ಅರ್ಜುನ ಎಸ್ ಟು ವಾಟ್ ಹಿ ಶುಡ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಸಿಸ್ ತ್ರೈಗುಣ್ಯ ವಿಷಯ ವೇದಾ ವೇದಾಸ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ಹಿಯರ್ ದಿ ರಿಚುವಲಿಸ್ಟಿಕ್ ಪೋರ್ಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ವೇದಾಸ್ ತ್ರೈಗುಣ್ಯ ವಿಷಯ ಡೀಲ್ಸ್ ವಿತ್ ದಿ ಸಂಸಾರ ಡೀಲ್ಸ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ವಿದ್ ಇನ್ ದ ರೆಲ್ಮ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ತ್ರೀ ಗುಣಾಸ್ ಸತ್ವ ರಜಸನ್ ತಮಸ್ ಆಫ್ ವಿಚ್ ದ ಹೋಲ್ ಕ್ರಿಯೇಷನ್ ಇಸ್ ಮೈಡ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಎಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ಎಸ್ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಕನ್ಸರ್ನ್ ದೇ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಲೀಡ್ ಯು ಟು ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ಫರ್ದರ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೆತ್ ಇನ್ ದಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಸೈಕಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೆತ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂಸ್ ಆಸ್ ಲಾಂಗ್ ಆಸ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಪರ್ಸ್ಯೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಡಿಫ್ರೆಂಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ಸ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ನಿಸ್ತ್ರೈಗುಣ್ಯೋ ಭವಾರ್ಜುನ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೇರ್ ಫರ್ ಮೇ ಬಿಕಮ್ ನಿಸ್ತ್ರೈಗುಣ್ಯ ನಿಷ್ಕಾಮೋಭವ ಮೇ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಫ್ರೀ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ಡಿಸೈರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಕ್ರೇವಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ರಿಯಲೈಸಿಂಗ್ ದಿಸ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ದಟ್ ಅ ಡಿಸೈರ್ ವಿಲ್ ಪ್ರೊಡ್ಯೂಸ್ ಎ ಡಿಸೈರ್ ವಿಲ್ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ಟು ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಅನ್ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ ಅನ್ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ ವಿಲ್ ಬ್ರಿಂಗ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಡೆಫಿನೆಟ್ಲಿ ಎ ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ ಬಟ್ ದಟ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ಎಂಜಾಯ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಬಿ ಲಿಮಿಟೆಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಸೀಕಿಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ಲಿಮಿಟ್ಲೆಸ್ ಇನ್ ದೇಫರ್ ವಿತ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಮೇ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಎ ಡಿಸೈರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಲಿಮಿಟ್ಲೆಸ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ರಾಧರ್ ದನ್ ಬಿಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಡಿಸೈರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಲಿಮಿಟೆಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ಸ್ ನಿಷ್ಕಾಮೋಭವ ನಿರ್ದ್ವಂದ್ವೋ ನಿತ್ಯಸತ್ವಸ್ಥ ನಿರ್ಯೋಗಕ್ಷೇಮ ಆತ್ಮವಾನ್ ಇನ್ ದಟ್ ಕೇಸ್ ಯು ಬಿ ಕಮ್ ನಿರ್ದ್ವಂದ್ವ ಯು ಬಿಕಮ್ ಫ್ರೀ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ದ ಪೇರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಪೋಸಿಟ್ಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ದಿ ಪ್ಲೆಜರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಪೇನ್ ಹೀಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಕೋಲ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಎವರ್ ನಿತ್ಯಸತ್ವಸ್ಥ ವೆನ್ ಯು ದಸ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಫ್ರೀ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದಿಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡಿಸ್ಲೈಕ್ಸ್ ನಿತ್ಯಸತ್ವಸ್ಥ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಎಂಜಾಯ್ ಮೈ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೈಂಡ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಸಾತ್ವಿಕ್ ಆರ್ ಕಾಂಟೆಂಪ್ರೇಟಿವ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೈಂಡ್ ನಿರ್ಯೋಗಕ್ಷೇಮ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಟು ಮೇಕ್ ಯುವರ್ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಫ್ರೀ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ಇವನ್ ದ ಎಂಗ್ಸೈಟೀಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಯೋಗ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಕ್ಷೇಮ ಯೋಗ ಇಸ್ ಎಕ್ವೈರಿಂಗ್ ವಾಟ್ ಐ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಕ್ಷೇಮ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರೊಟೆಕ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ವಾಟ್ ಐ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಇವನ್ ಫ್ರೋ ದೋಸ್ ಎಂಗ್ಸೈಟೀಸ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಫ್ರೀ ಆತ್ಮವಾನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅಲ್ಟಿಮೇಟ್ಲಿ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಪೊಸೆಸ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಎ ಮೈಂಡ್ ವಿಚ್ ಓವರ್ ಇಚ್ ಯು ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಎ ಮ್ಯಾಸ್ಟರಿ ಆತ್ಮವಾನ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಅಲರ್ಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಸ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಪ್ರಿಪೇರ್ಡ್ ಫಾರ್ ದಿಸ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಸೊ ನಿಷ್ಕಾಮೋಭವ ನಿರ್ದ್ವಂದ್ವೋಭವ ನಿತ್ಯಸತ್ವಸ್ಥೋ ಭವ ನಿಯೋಗಕ್ಷೇಮೋ ಭವ ಆತ್ಮಾನ್ ಭವ ವಿ ಡಿಸ್ಕಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಎಸ್ಟಡೆ 
Now, when this Upadesha is given, Nishkama Bhava may become free from desire. Meaning, what is meant is may become free from the desire to gain this enjoyments and pleasures from the objects of the world. So may you become free from a desire for the objective pleasures. And then alone you'll be able to discover the pleasure which is the nature of the self. The idea is that mind can never become free from desire for happiness. But then here what is meant is, yes, your desire for happiness is a genuine desire. Accept that. As long as you think that happiness is away from you, out there, so long you'll find yourself searching for the happiness there and running after different objects of the world and again meeting with only disappointments because yes every enjoy I mean contact with an object will give you a limited enjoyment but again will keep you desiring because every enjoyment is going to be limited and therefore your craving for that which is limitless will never be fulfilled so understand that what you are seeking is to be found from within yourself with that understanding Nishkama Bhava. <coughs> this is well, if all these actions we are enjoined by the scriptures, all the various actions in life which I am performing, if I am, I have to perform those, and then still Lord Krishna is going to say, may you perform the action all right. Then that will be the Upadesha, the teaching that comes in the verse after this. But before that, whenever we say that, may you become free from the desire of the, of the pleasures of the world. Then there is always this question that arises, then what will happen to me? Today at least while performing actions, I am able to enjoy the life to some extent, at least little pleasures of life I do get. And if you say that I should give up those little pleasures of life, then what will happen to me? How will I get my happiness at all? Because still, my understanding is, Happiness is out there. And therefore, if you are asking me to give up that happiness coming from the objects of the world, all right, then what will I do? I will be completely deprived of any happiness or pleasure in my life altogether. <coughs> and you say that I should perform actions and perform actions as an offering to the Lord. All right, what am I going to get by that? I should perform actions not for acquiring the pleasures of the world, but I should perform actions as an offering to the Lord. Okay. But then what do I get? Because if I perform actions to acquire pleasures of the world, at least I get those pleasures. And I have something in my life going on. You say that, perform actions not for the pleasures of the world, but as an offering to the Lord. In which case, what for should I perform those actions is an offering to the Lord. This is the question that Arjuna has and that question is answered in the verse 46. Yavana Saudapane Sarvata Samputodake Tavan Sarvedu Sarveshu Vedeshu Brahmanasya Vijanataha. <coughs> so two kinds of happiness is there now. And Kathopanishad points out this in terms of the the path of Shreyas and the path of prayers. Shreyascha, prayascha, manusya metaha. That is one shreyas and other is prayas. Prayas is the path of pleasant. So the happiness apparently coming from the objects of the world is called prayas or the path of pleasant because it, it is very pleasant to the senses. The happiness that the objects seem to offer is something that is 
very pleasant or attractive to the senses, and therefore the senses have a natural attraction for them. But this is the path of prayers. This is what gives you a limited or a fleeting enjoyment. Other is the path of Shreya, and that is the happiness of the self, the happiness of the spirit. So there is spirit and matter. There is apparently happiness in matter, and there is happiness in spirit. Which happiness should we choose? Lord Krishna says, Vishayendriya Sanyogat Yattadagre Mrutopamam Pariname Vishayva Tatsukham Vrajasam Smritam that happiness that comes as a result of the contact of sense organs with sense objects, meaning the happiness that appears to come from the sense objects, is in the beginning like honey or like nectar. Pariname vishamiva. That which is in the beginning like honey or nectar, but ultimately proves to be visha or poison. Vishayendriya sanyogat yattadagre amrutopamam. So the happiness that comes from the objects of the world, in the beginning, it, it's, it appears like it is nectar, because it tickles the senses, and it is very pleasant or attractive. But pariname vishamiva, in the result, it only turns out to be like poison. <coughs> this is called the prayas or the path of pleasant, that the objects appear to promise, promise him to pro- promise the happiness. And thus one becomes more and more addicted to the happiness. One becomes more and more dependent upon the happiness. So happiness coming from the objects is like addiction. In the beginning, when one smokes and, and things like that, looks like there is something in there, you know. Some tickling is there, some sensation is there. Later on to find out that you cannot do without that, you get addicted to that. Not only does not give you happiness, you cannot do without it. And this is the nature of the happiness coming from the objects of the world. That you become just dependent upon that, it turns out to be poison. Yattadagre vishamiva pariname mrutopamam tatsukham satvikam proktam atma buddhi prasadanam However, that happiness that comes from the spirit or the self, in the beginning it is like poison, but ultimately it turns out to be like nectar. So to experience the happiness of the self requires, of course, one, to withdraw the mind from the outer preoccupations and acquire an abiding mind, and that alone will be possible for us, really, to gain the happiness of the self. As long as mind is extrovert, so long is not possible today. For example, when I sit down and to contemplate or to meditate, all that happens is there is a tremendous amount of activity in the mind. And I just get frustrated. And in 10-15 minutes I just get up because I, I, cannot, uh, I cannot even stand my own self. So when the mind is extrovert or restless, we find that there is nothing inside. And to control that mind, to, to make that mind free from its fascinations and preoccupations, and to make it abiding into the self, it takes it in effort. And after that effort has been done, then one discovers the joy of the self, which is a natural or effortless joy, which is an abiding happiness. So self or the spirit ultimately gives us a lasting happiness, but in the beginning requires a lot of effort. Because the mind is extrovert by nature, it has a natural fascination for the objects of the world, and therefore naturally it runs out of the object. 
and it will justify also. The mind is very clever and therefore will justify its activities in the name of something or the other. This is all wrong. That, you know, these people just do not know how to enjoy life. They just don't know how to work with the world. And therefore all the time they ask you to become free from desires and stuff like that. And thus mind will justify because it's easy to go out. But ultimately it is all conflict and struggle and strife that the mind does not realize. And therefore to withdraw that mind, make it quiet and abiding so that it can be centered on the self. And thus it can gain the experience of that peace or the happiness which is nat nature of the self. It is going to take some time and effort, but ultimately will prove to be nectar. Will that one go, is on the path of attainment of that lasting happiness. So this is called the path of Shreyas or the path of good. So there is one path of pleasant, other is the path of good. The path of pleasant is the extrovert path, obtaining happiness from the objects. The path of good is the introvert path, gaining the happiness of the self. And here Arjuna's question is like this. Lord, you say that I should give up the craving for the happiness of the objects. Then what will happen to me? And then I still, still perform the actions. What am I going to gain as a result of these actions? Because you say that you perform actions all right without desiring the result. And perform the actions as an offering to the Lord. So what do I get? Then Lord says, Yavanartha udapane sarvata samplododake tavan sarveshu vedeshu brahmanasya vijanatha Gives here an illustration. Udapanam. So udakam piyate asmiriti udapanam. Udapanam means a source of water. Like a small well. So udapanam is a source, is a limited source of water, like a well. So, yavan arthaha, whatever use or utility or the purpose that a limited source of water serves, like a well. You see, in India, this is very common, that very often in summer, the river bed is dry, there is no water there. The water generally is there for a few months in a year, when the monsoon comes, and in a few months of winter, and then the river, many rivers just get dry. At that time what people do is that they dig these wells in the river bed itself. So there is water level down there. So if you dig for five, 5 feet or 10 feet or 15 feet, you will get water. And that's how they dig a number of wells right in the bed of the river and, and get water. And that water serves the purpose of quenching their thirst and they, they can use that water for drinking, for cleaning, for washing and whatever it is. So all that purpose is served by the small wells which are, let us say, dug in the, the river bed. Sarvataha samplutodake. When the monsoon, the flood comes and this whole, uh, you know, bed of the river is completely flooded with water. At that time, that water serves all the purpose that when the river is completely flooded, then whatever purpose was served by all those little wells is more than served by this flooded river. And much more. So the, the purpose that was served by the small wells is much more than included in the river that is completely flooded. <coughs> and then you don't need to go for those wells. When you have the river which is flooded, when you have that quantity of water, you don't need to go for those wells. <coughs> 
एंड सिमिलरली ऑल्सो तावान सर्वेशु वेदेशु ब्राह्मण से विजानत है एंड सिमिलरली ऑल्सो वेदा मीनिंग हियर ऑल द डिफरेंट एक्शन सो इट इज ट्रू दैट वेन द रिवर बेड इज ड्राई वेन द हार्ड इज ड्राई दर इज नथिंग इन देर देन वी डू डिग स्मॉल वेल्स इन द ड्राई रिवर बेड एंड दोज वेल्स आर कंपेरेबल टू small actions that we perform or actions that we perform and get our small pleasures out of the various pursuits and different objects but when the flood comes when the heart is flooded with knowledge this yes, brahmanasya vijanatah with that heart that was dry so far on account of ignorance on account of the craving on account of the mind being extrovert and therefore there was totally void you know and and total dissatisfaction or discontentment in the heart and there was a person who was seeking little or, or limited joys in the objects of the world however when that heart is flooded with knowledge that case the joy or the happiness that one gains covers much more than what those little pleasures covered so what lord krishna is saying to arjuna is that if you will perform these actions as an offering to the lord you are opening for yourself a source of joy which is limitless and you are preparing therefore for what we call the flooding of your heart with the joy because it is the nature of the, the nature of the self is ananda or happiness which happiness at the moment is as though stifled on account of the fact that the mind is extrovert it is very restless it is agitated and therefore there is almost a self denial of the happiness of the self when the mind becomes abiding when the mind becomes tranquil then slowly and slowly it does discover the joy of the self and we also know when our mind is quiet for whatever reason that time we find ourselves happy or content without any reason at all it is not that our experience is that happiness always has to come from outside there are times when we find ourselves happy for no particular reason or when we go out as i said uh, into the nature there when the mind becomes quiet becomes free from all its worries and anxieties and complexes and problems at that time it becomes tranquil and it does enjoy a, a sense of happiness or fulfillment without any particular object to enjoy and thus we know that when the mind becomes tranquil and quiet and abiding that there is an experience of peace and joy and where does that peace and joy come it comes from the self and it is that kind of a mind that we wish to acquire if you acquire that mind then without any effort you will be happy and how to acquire that mind that is called karma yoga the purpose of the instruction or recommendation that may you perform actions may you make the actions not as a means for the limited joys but may you make your actions as a means for the limitless joy and this is what lord krishna is trying to tell all along that to perform action is our privilege but then what should we be seeking as a result of the action we have the freedom to perform the action as a means of producing limited results and we have the freedom to perform the action as a means to produce limitless happiness <clears throat> when do we produce limited happiness when an action is performed with a motivation to acquire some external joy when there is a desire prompted action it does produce results we do get joys no we don't say that there's no you don't get any joy as a result of achievements you do but those joys are going to be all limited 
On the other hand, when the very same actions are performed, not seeking any external joy, but when the actions are performed as an offering, then it creates a ground for experience of the joy, which is the joy of the self, and ultimately culminates into what we call the limitless joy. And this is a secret that Lord Krishna is teaching us in Bhagavad Gita. It is a secret of action. Also, the secret of joy. Telling us that joy is not out there, although you feel it is out there. In fact, it is your very nature. And therefore, may you lead a life which becomes a means for discovering the joy which is natural to you. It will be spontaneous or natural joy or happiness. It will be an effortless happiness because it is the nature of self. And Lord Krishna therefore teaches us here the secret or the art or the yoga of discovering that happiness which is a self. So it is said, Tavan Sarveshu Vedeshu Brahmanasya Vijanataha. Brahmana here means the one who is a wise man. Vijanataha, one who has the knowledge. He has that amount of happiness that is to be gained by all the different actions. So whatever little happiness that every action produces, all that happiness is more than included by the flood of happiness that the wise man discovers within his own bosom. <coughs> and so this is the incentive. Arjuna, don't worry. Don't think that you are going to be deprived of happiness in your life. In fact, this is the path of equagaining that lasting happiness for which there will have to be a sacrifice of that limited. It is true that we have to give up the limited or we have to become free from the fascination of that limited thing in order to discover the limitless. Because mind cannot be simultaneously in two places. It can be either extrovert or it can be abiding. Only when the mind becomes abiding that it will discover the self. As long as it is extrovert out there in the world, so long there is a self-denial. So first, therefore, there has to be this step where we stop denying ourselves, where we discover the present activities of the mind are not in its own interest. That it is only, it, it only brings about what we call a self-disowning or self-denial whenever the mind goes out and seeks this happiness of the objects. Because not knowing what there is within, this poor mind is going out without. It is not its fault. But when will it ever discover? That's the reason why we have to monitor the mind and we have to educate the mind. Not suppress the mind, but we have to constantly educate the mind about the nature of the self. That's why we said that even Karma Yoga also requires a basic a scheme, a basic understanding of the whole scheme. That what one is seeking is the self. And with that understanding, we slowly and slowly make the mind what we call abiding or introvert. And that whole process is called yoga or karma yoga. <coughs> and therefore, in the verse 47, which is very famous, Lord now gives instructions on karma yoga. Karmanye vadhikaraste ma phale shukadachana ma karma phalahetur bhuhu mate sangostu karmani. So everybody in India knows this verse. At least first line they know. Karmanye vadhikaraste ma phale shukadachana. That te adhikarha karmani eva. Arjuna will also ask a question. That Lord, you say that we should perform the action for 
the purification of the mind, so that ultimately I become qualified for the knowledge. It is true that ultimately the fulfillment in life has to come from the knowledge, knowledge of the self. And therefore ultimately everyone has to pursue that path of knowledge. Now Arjuna may ask this question, why do you engage me into the performance of this action? Why not directly pursue the knowledge? Ultimately if it is the knowledge of the self, which is going to give me the ultimate happiness, why, why should I not pursue that, the path of knowledge right away? Instead of going through the action and then giving up the action and then pursuing knowledge, why not right away I engage myself in the pursuit of knowledge? Why not that? Therefore Lord Krishna says, Karmanyi Vadikaraste. Hey Arjuna, at the moment you are qualified only to perform action. This is specifically told to Arjuna. And also therefore to all the people who are in the category of Arjuna. Te karmaniyeva adhikaraha te. Te means for you. Meaning Arjuna and all those who possess a mind, disposition of mind similar to that of Arjuna. And what is that disposition of mind? The mind which is not yet pure. The, still there is in the mind a lot of impurity in the form of what we may call various reactions. Reactions as, as characterized by likes and dislikes. So as long as there are the reactions in the mind, as long as there are likes and dislikes in the mind, so long mind cannot be abiding. Mind will be restless. Mind will be distracted as long as there are likes and dislikes in the mind, naturally. Therefore it is necessary that we have to make our mind what we call abiding or introvert meaning free from the reactions of likes and dislikes. Therefore, as long as there are these impurities in the mind here, Arjuna, so long your qualification is karmani eva, in the karma alone, in action alone, not in the knowledge. Meaning that one has to gain that emotional maturity before one becomes fit for pursuit of knowledge. So karmani eva te you are, you are qualified to perform action alone. <clears throat> okay, Lord, that's good. I have been doing it anyway. Then, maapaleshu kadachana. But then, you are not qualified in phala, meaning in the result. So, may you perform action all right, but not for acquiring certain results. So, what is the result of an action? Bhoga or enjoyment. So, what generally when you perform the action, what for do you perform action? I perform an action with a desire that may I achieve a certain result so that I become happy. Usually when a man performs action, there is always a desire of a certain result. But what is the ultimate result that we seek? Ultimate result is happiness. So every action is performed as, a, as motivated by the desire for some pleasure or enjoyment. It can be enjoyment of the senses, it can be enjoyment of the emotion, or it can be enjoyment of the intellect. It is not that enjoyment is necessarily of the nature of the experience at the sense level. Even possession gives me a lot of joy. I may be a wealthy man, I may not necessarily enjoy my wealth, but I have a great satisfaction that I have a fat bank account, you know, what I possess this, this property. And thus there is a great satisfaction of possession. There is also a joy that also one is seeking through performance of action. 
often we get different kind of joy. Joy of recognition, joy of name, fame, power. So these are also what we call only objective pleasures or material joys. So joy or happiness is not necessarily from the senses or from the objects of the senses, but happiness also comes from what we call satisfaction of ego, satisfaction of pride. And therefore, usually people perform actions for all these different motivations. It says, Ma phale shukadachana. May you perform an action not for this kind of result. May you perform an action all right, not as motivated by gaining some kind of a joy, either from some sense object or from objects of intellect. We have the sense or we have the sense organs of perception, then we have the mind and we have the intellect. At different levels we have the joys. There is there are joys at the level of senses. There are joys at the level of emotion. And there are joys at the level of intellect. And man performs actions in order to gain these different kinds of joys. He says, Mahaphaleshu Kadachana, may you perform action all right, but not for seeking these joys. <coughs> so, Karmaniyavati Adhikara, of course, this is interpreted in different ways. And another nice, beautiful way of interpreting the verse is Karmaniyavati Adhikaraha. You have the freedom in performance of action. Adhikara can be interpreted also as freedom. Adhikara can be understood as, as qualification. Or Adhikara can be interpreted as freedom. That you have freedom in performance of action. Karmaniyavate Adhikara You have freedom in performance of action. Ma phaleshu kadachana. But you do not have the freedom in phala meaning determination of the result of the action. So this is how also the verse is classically interpreted, that as a human being you have the freedom in performance of action. So Lord has given us all what we call a, a free will. Human being is gifted with a free will, which free will is not available to other living beings. Like plants and insects and animals, birds, they do not have a free will. Meaning they do not have the freedom to choose their course of action. Their course of action and the choices are already made for them. Whereas every moment, human being has the freedom to choose the course of his life. And therefore Lord says, as a human being, you have the freedom to perform the action. And that freedom you must exercise. And also, it is a duty to perform the action. That is also what is meant by adhikara. It is your duty to perform the action. Because in every situation, we have a certain choice to make. Every situation makes upon us a certain demand. This kind of a problem is not there for cats and dogs and animals. Because they naturally respond to a situation which is, their response is always right. A cat always behaves like a cat, regardless of what the situation is, never behaves like a dog. Or behaves like a squirrel, cat will always behave like a cat. A dog always behaves like a dog, morning, afternoon, evening. At any time you can always predict how a dog will behave. A snake always behaves like a snake. A scorpion, always a scorpion. Not so with a human being. Human being can behave like a scorpion in the morning can be like a snake in the afternoon, you know. He can bark like a dog 
he can jump like a cat, he can do anything. Because he has freedom to be anything. So living beings, other than human beings, they don't have any freedom. Because their nature and choices are already determined. For example, as I say, cat, they, what is the dinner of the cat? It's already determined for a cat. Therefore, cat has no sense of guilt in that sense. Suppose cat jumps on a squirrel, you know, and makes it a dinner, cat doesn't have any problem at all. There's no sense of guilt. They never do anything wrong. Because they never go against their nature. A dog does not have a sense of guilt. Cat does not have a sense of guilt. Nobody other than human being has a sense of guilt. Why, well, I have a sense of guilt. Kimaham sadhuna karvam, kimaham papama karvamiri. Often I regret all my past actions. Why did I do that? Why did I do something which I should not have done? Or, why did I fail to do what I should have done? We have what we call the sense of regret. We have what we call the sense of guilt. Because there is a choice. And therefore, we may make a wrong choice. Or, we may make a choice as motivated by factors which are perhaps not proper factors. I can be motivated by my self-centeredness, by my selfishness. And therefore, I may hurt other people in the process of making my choices. This choice is given to human beings. Because he is given a faculty of choice. And therefore, if I am too self-centered and too selfish, it is quite possible that in the pursuit of my happiness and freedom, I may become insensitive to the need for freedom and choices of other people and therefore I may trample upon the rights of other people. I may hurt other people in the process of my pursuit of happiness. And that creates in me a regret. Hurt, regret, you know, sense of guilt. When I find that I did something by which somebody is hurt, somebody is insulted, I made somebody unhappy and so forth, then there is in me a sense of guilt. So this guilt is a typical human complex. Nobody other than human being has sense of guilt. Therefore they are always free. I am not free. Is my all hurt and guilt constantly bothers me. That's what really binds me. When I am when sitting quiet with myself, what happens in my mind? All those hurts and guilts, they immediately start surfacing and make me just miserable. That's the reason why we need television. The cat does not need television. It doesn't need anything as best as I know anyway. They don't need any source of distraction of their mind because they don't have any hurt and guilt in their mind. They settle their account right away. They don't carry any kind of burden in their mind. They're free that way. But we cannot. We carry, suppress all these feelings or carry all this burden of hurt and guilt in our own mind. And therefore, we need something to relax. We get tired, not necessarily physically, but we get tired emotionally, mentally, and therefore we need a relief. Therefore we own so many escape distractions. Because I just cannot remain with myself. Give me fifteen minutes of quietude. You think that I'll enjoy that quietude? I will tell people, I close my doors, not available, you know. But what do you think I'm doing in there? You think that I'm relaxed and sitting and meditating? No way. Give me fifteen minutes, I'll switch on TV. Give me fifteen minutes, I'll dial a telephone. I'll pull out a newspaper. I'll do something. I have to keep myself busy or engaged because I just do not have that relaxation, that leisure in my mind 
that I can even enjoy a few moments of quietude. While all the animals, they all enjoy their leisure. They're happy with themselves. I find I'm not a happy person, even with myself. There is this problem of not accepting my own self. They don't have these problems. That is why this kind of discourses and, and temples are necessary only for human beings. The cats and dogs, they don't have this kind of problems, you know. They don't require any teachers and they don't require any instructions or universities at all. Because their nature is, everything is already decided for them. You may call it good thing or you may call it bad thing, whatever it is. Sometimes we wish that I had better been an animal rather than being a human being, you know. They seem to be so free. Here you don't see many animals, but in India you see animals. You see buffaloes and donkeys and camels and all kinds of things on the street. And you look at them, you really feel that this camel does not seem to have any care in the world. It's just looking up and going in its own way, so happy. I'm so worried tomorrow I have a test and day after tomorrow I have this and day after tomorrow then I have to do this and thus I'm always anxious and worried and always excited. The camel seems to be always relaxed, you know. The buffalo seems to have no care in the world at all. It, sometimes you go to work in the morning and you see a buffalo sitting there in the water, you know, this muddy water. Buffaloes enjoy water. You come home in the evening at six o'clock and you find the buffalo still sitting there quietly. It seems to have nothing to accomplish. It seems to be quite happy with the way things are. Not that we want to become buffaloes, but then we sometimes are envy of them. I wish, you know, a buffalo seems to be happier than I am, you know, because it is not a care in the world. So this kind of a problem seems to be there with a human being. That there is what we call the problem of this guilt, problem of something right and something wrong. This question of right and wrong is there only for the human beings. For other living beings, there is no right and no wrong. All of them are automatically right because they do not make a choice. It is God or the Creator who has made a choice for them. And so, a cow does not have a problem whether to eat grass or to eat something else. He doesn't have to con. In the morning, does not need not go through a conflict. He, every morning we have to decide, what am I going to eat for my lunch and dinner? And then further conflict, whether should I eat meat or this vegetarian food, or what should I do? Cow does not have any conflict. It is vegetarian and thus it, it is happy. The owner of the cow has a conflict, whether to eat cow or to eat grass, you know. Cow doesn't have any conflict at all because, as I say, they don't have this kind of freedom of choice. And therefore, when the choice, freedom is not there, there is no responsibility also. So they have no responsibility. Human being has a free will. And whenever freedom is given, it must always be accompanied by responsibility. Freedom can always be abused. And therefore, there is a need for what we call regulation of the freedom. When I have a motor vehicle with me, I have the freedom to drive on the road all right. I can drive at any speed in any direction I want, but when that freedom is there, there is a need that the freedom must be monitored. And therefore we have the traffic regulations and we have the, the, the roads, you know, the rules and regulations of driving on the roads. Otherwise, there will be tremendous chaos. I think within two days everybody will destroy everybody else if they are given this freedom. And so freedom can always be abused. Human being alone is the freedom. So Lord Krishna says, that you have the freedom of choice and therefore 
you must own up that freedom. Karmanni vadikaraste, that may you perform an action so that you do not abuse your freedom. <coughs> In the third chapter, Lord Krishna is going to say, Niyatam kuru karmatvam. May you perform what we call niyatam karma. Karma or action, that is in keeping with niyati, in keeping with the order of the world. As we said, beings other than human beings, they automatically are in harmony with the order of the creation. Human being has a choice, either to be in harmony or to create a disharmony. A human being can pollute the environment. He can abuse things. He can create a disharmony. Recently, I just read yesterday, in Washington, some place have dumped hundreds and thousands of gallons of this radioactive waste, you know, so many years ago. And this, we can do that. And, 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 and what consequences it will have, nobody knows. We can pollute the water and environment, everything we can do. Because we can always abuse our freedom. Because we can be self-centered. And for the interest of the human beings, we can destroy the nature. Says, therefore, may you perform the action that is in keeping with the obtaining order in the universe. So that is called niyatam kuru karmatvam. The same thing is meant here. Karmanni vadikaraste. It is your duty to perform an action that is in keeping with this order. You have a freedom of choice. And may you not abuse your freedom of choice. May you properly utilize your freedom of choice so that the actions that you perform they don't hurt you. Violence automatically comes here. That in exercise in, in exercising a freedom of choice, may you not violate anybody's rights. Don't violate the rights of nature, don't violate the rights of other human beings, don't violate the rights of other living beings, and don't violate your own rights. This is what we call dharma or the order. So Lord Krishna is saying here that it is your duty to perform an action that is in keeping with dharma or the order of life. <coughs> Therefore, there is something right and something wrong as far as a human being is concerned. There is nothing right and nothing wrong as far as other living beings are concerned because they are automatically right. They do not, they don't seem to have a freedom of choice and therefore their actions are already chosen for them. Since I have a freedom of choice, I can do something which is right or I can do something which is wrong. If there is no order, there is nothing right and nothing wrong. Suppose there was no, no traffic regulation at all. Whether you should drive on the right or left or what it is, then driving left also will be right, you know, because there is no traffic regulation at all. But when there is a traffic regulation, then driving right alone is right and driving left will be wrong. Or in India, driving left will be right. And driving right will be wrong, you see, because there is a regulation. So where there is an order, then alone there is a question of right and wrong. There obtains an order in the universe, and human being is a part of this creation. And therefore, there is something right and something wrong. So when you perform an action, it is your responsibility to make sure that your actions are in keeping with the obtaining order. That is what is meant by saying, that it is your adhikara or it is your duty to perform actions which are in keeping with dharma or the order of life. Maaphale shukadachana But then you do not have the choice 
to determine the result. That also is natural. <coughs> or we may say that, Mahaphaleshu Kadachana, we will not perform actions as motivated by the result or motivated by the enjoyment of the, gaining the limited pleasures of the objects. But may you perform an action as motivated by an offering to the Lord. Mate ma karma falahetur bhuhu. And therefore, karma falahetuhu ma bhuhu. May you not become the hetu or the cause of karma phala. May you not become an author of the result of the action. Whenever you perform an action as motivated by the desire for the result, then you become the creator of the result. If you perform action without the expectation of any result, in that case, you do not become the creator of the result, you are only creator of the action. And Lord is the creator of the result. But when you perform an action as motivated by the creator of the result, then you become the creator of the result. Lord Krishna says, may you not become the creator of the result. May you only become the performer of action. Then Arjuna may naturally ask the question, suppose I have to perform an action without expectation of any result, why should I perform an action? Usually a utilitarian mind will ask the question, that if I have to perform an action without any expectation of result, why should I perform the action? I may keep quiet, I may take it easy. Says, no, mate sangostu karmani, akarmani te sanghamastu. May you not have attachment for akarma, or may you not have attachment for, uh, for laziness. May you not have attachment for the uh, withdrawal from action, or copying out of the action. Nishkriyata. Nishkriyata meaning avoiding action. So may you not have attachment for avoiding action or non-performance of action. Meaning actions you must perform. Action is an expression of the energy of the human being. As we said, human being is a very privileged being. Has, he enjoy, human being enjoys many privileges. This body has been given to me. The mind has been given to me. The intellect has been given to me. All these things are given to me. And as we have said many times earlier, that so many obligations I have. I have the obligations of the parents and the teachers that they have given me this body. I have the obligations of all the sages and the rishis, the teachers that they have given me all this knowledge. I have the obligation of the devatas that God has created this universe. And the universe constantly serves me. And therefore, I have the response or the obligation of all the different natural forces, which are what we call devatas or gods. And therefore, I have this obligation. And therefore, I must be aware of this and constantly be active in fulfillment of the obligation that I have. So, person does not have right to withdraw from action. The fact that I am alive shows that I am receiving the favor from the rest of the world. And therefore, it is my duty to return that favor. Mate sangostu karmani May you not have, may you not be attached to or may you not cultivate a desire for withdrawal from the action. Meaning, may you not remain actionless. Niyatam kuru karmatvam karmajjayohya karmanaham Instead of remaining inactive, it's better to perform an action motivated by desire. If you think that you are going to give up the action, Lord Krishna will say, okay, perform any action you want, with whatever desire, but perform action. Don't be lazy, don't remain inactive. Sharira yatra pichate na prasiddhyeda karmanaha If you remain inactive, Sharira yatra pichate na prasiddhyeda In fact, you cannot sustain your body. You cannot even sustain your life 
if you remain inactive, never, don't remain inactive, always remain active. And preferably, may your activities be without the expectation of a reward. If you cannot rise to that level, all right, perform ex expectation with reward. Okay. But definitely not remain inactive because you'll get rusted and you'll become totally useless. Ultimately, as we say, our life is sustained because we are receiving favor from the universe. If you don't return that favor, you stop receiving that favor. And slowly you'll find that your life also cannot be sustained. So one must therefore be always active with this understanding that I must always return the favor. I must always do the best I can uh, with whatever energy, abilities, talents are given to me. All of them must be put to what we call creative use and they should not be allowed to waste it or rusted away. Mate Sangahastu Karmani. This is a very famous verse where four instructions are given. It is called Chatos Sutri of Karma Yoga. There are four sutras or aphorisms given here. Karmanye vadikaraste man, ma phale shukadachana two, ma karma phale hetur buhu three, mate sangosto karmani four. Some people call it the Chatus Sutri of Karma Yoga. So these are four aphorisms the Lord gives us to keep in mind, bear in mind while performance of action. <coughs> okay. Om Puranamadah Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaye Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om